Democratic policy continues to wreck America's major cities. Joe Biden has a plan to take those policies national. And when Democrats turns out, it's time for investigations of political opponents. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I protect my data with a VPN. So should you visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, one of the odd things about modern American politics is how much attention we pay to national policy. Because I mean, it makes some sense, I guess, because the national government is so big and because it's so intrusive and because we spend so unbelievably much money. Because of all of that, people tend to focus in on national policy. And, and that's also true because of the rise of social media, which means that every issue is now a borders crossing issue. Just because something happened in California doesn't mean that the next day it's not going to be tried in New York or Florida. And just because something is happening far away doesn't mean that people aren't going to get online and talk about it. Well, because of all of this, we tend to put all of our focus on national politics. But the reality is that for most Americans, what happens on a day to day level is stuff that is happening in their local communities. And when we examine what has been happening to America's major cities over the course of the last 10 years, it is utterly appalling. I mean, truly, it's one of the reasons why you are seeing population movements away from cities and toward more suburban areas. It's one of the reasons you're seeing population movement away from places like New York and California and toward Texas and Florida. People are voting with their feet at this point. It's the reason why there is now an actual robust movement for part of, I believe, Oregon to secede and move into Idaho. It's called the Greater Idaho Movement. It's actually somewhat successful. There are some counties that are looking to move into the neighboring state. And you could theoretically see that become more of a pattern over time. And the reason for this is because America's major cities are governed according to ideology, and they are not governed according to the impact of that ideology. And people in these cities don't seem to realize that there are political alternatives. And they, they take 10, 15 years to realize that perhaps they should move in another direction. We've had a long history of this in the United States. In the 1960s, New York was a robust, forward-looking place. They proceeded to blow out the spending focusing on public works projects, focusing on welfare, redoing government, undercutting the cops. And by the 1980s, New York was basically a hellhole. And that is when Rudy Giuliani was elected in the early 1990s and then restored New York. And now New York is falling back into the abyss. Los Angeles saw the same sort of stuff. Los Angeles moved away from being the place where families moved to get a house in suburbia and it moved toward being a more liberally governed city like New York. And then that failed and Richard Reardon was elected in Los Angeles. And since then, L.A. has been moving back toward the model that suggests liberal governance and all of the ensuing chaos has been difficult to watch. And you're seeing this happen in city after city after city. So today, for example, the Daily Mail reports post-pandemic New York City is laid bare as homelessness, mental illness and crime escalate and rattles locals and tourists alike believe the town has lost its essence while city cheerleaders insist the ship has turned. According to the Daily Mail, in Times Square, the most densely tourist populated place in the United States, a mentally disturbed man known as Mr. Kim begs cops to kill him. I want to die? You have a gun? Shoot, he pleads. After the officer's demure, he picks up a plank of wood and starts smashing it against the Pele soccer shop. On Sutton Place, one of the most affluent residential areas in the city, a lone man squats on the sidewalk, intently reading a paperback novel next to a shopping cart that contains his worldly goods. He begs for cash with a sign saying he has lost everything. Trying to survive, it adds, in Greenwich Village. A well-dressed man leaves his office minding his own business when a menacing character attempts to sucker punch him. The 6 force suit ducks the punch, shrugs, and walks away. At Harlem's famed 125th Street, at 2 p.m. on a sunny May day, a middle-aged man sleeps off whatever he needs to sleep off on a bus stop bench outside a sneaker store, unaware that his naked backside is exposed for the world to see. These scenes come from across Manhattan as it struggles to get back on its feet after the COVID pandemic cut off its lifeblood of tourism, sent many of its wealthiest residents scurrying to places as diverse as Vermont and Florida, 
and upped the ante on homelessness, mental illness, and crime, particularly random assaults and stabbings. Governor Andrew Cuomo declared on Wednesday, New Yorkers don't feel safe. And they don't feel safe because the crime rate is up. It's not that they're being neurotic or overly sensitive. They're right. We have a major crime problem in New York City. Everything we just talked about with the economy coming back, you know what the first step is? People have to feel safe again. Except for the fact that people aren't going to feel safe again so long as they continue to push bad governance in New York City. So long as they continue to treat criminality as though it is just another way of life. And so long as they continue to tax the living hell out of their citizens to pay for presumably no public services and simultaneously undercut the cops and tell the cops they're not allowed to do their jobs. What the Black Lives Matter riots of last year exposed is that in America's major cities, the cops have been called off. And because the cops have been called off, criminals are doing what they want to do. And not only that, low-level acts of criminality become more common. If the James Q. Wilson broken windows theory, which is basically that if you allow low-level crimes to predominate, higher-level crimes will follow, if you were to reverse that, the way to do that would be to say, we are not going to prosecute high-level crimes, and low-level offenders are going to say, okay, well, if they're not prosecuting people who are, you know, breaking into shops openly on Fifth Avenue, then what, do, what does it matter if I jump a turnstile? If New York City decides to ignore the upswing of anti-Semitic hate crime and it's missed over the past couple of years, then why wouldn't they get more of an upswing? And the, the liberal governance in New York City has decided that basically anything you do that is a low-level act of criminality is something that should be ignored on behalf of equity. And it's just it's not just New York City. Blaming this on the pandemic ignores the fact that New York was having serious problems before the pandemic. New York was basically floating along the, the same river that the rest of the United States was in terms of the economy was really good before the pandemic. But there were underlying problems in New York City that were already causing millionaires and billionaires to move out of New York. There are already problems that were causing people to look outside of New York. The same thing is true in California. Article from the Daily Wire today, Jeffrey Kaywood reporting, a progressive coalition of activist groups in Los Angeles have targeted Democratic City Councilman Mitch O'Farrell, blaming him for the relocation of about 200 homeless people who are part of an encampment that had taken over a public park in his district. So even Democrats in LA are beginning to look around and realize the taxpayers don't exactly like it when homelessness swamps the city. Because homelessness is not just a matter of people who are living on the street. Although, again, people who pay taxes have a right to the public thoroughfare just as well as people who are mentally ill or drug addicts living on the street. And allowing mentally ill or drug addicts or people who have decided to simply loiter to hang around on city streets is not an excellent way of providing a feeling of safety and security to citizens who are paying exorbitant taxes in order to get exactly that feeling of security. But in Los Angeles, they've been allowing homelessness to spiral out of control for literally years. The, the ACLU received a court order that prevented the cops from actually moving homeless people's stuff on the street. They declared it was private property of homeless people. So the, these homeless folks can, can be on the street dirtying a public thoroughfare that they pay no taxes on, and they, they obviously don't have a right to, but you can't move their stuff because if you move their stuff, that's their stuff. So the public property is their stuff, but also their stuff is their stuff. Whereas for you, the public property is not your stuff. You don't have any right to it, free of open needles on the street and open liquor bottles and people who are mentally ill. And by the way, none of this is compassionate to people who actually have drug addictions or people who are mentally ill. One of the great lies that is told by the left-wing media is that somehow you are more compassionate if you leave people to live in their own filth underneath a freeway overpass than if you were to actually take measures to prevent people from doing that. Some of these folks need actual medication. Many of them need to dry out. But the basic notion that it is now the responsibility of taxpayers to watch their cities degrade because someone has a right to engage in activity that deprives them of their own ability to reason 
is beyond it's beyond measure. It's, it's crazy. And things are getting worse and worse in these cities. Again, driven by the radical left, which is which is now eating Democrats in these cities. And the big problem in a lot of these cities is that the, the alternative to the Democratic governance isn't some sort of Republican being elected. The alternative to Democratic governance is some sort of communist being elected. This is actually the problem in Portland. And the mayor of Portland, who's a left-wing nut who's allowed riots to go on in his cities for months on end, that mayor was a bulwark against a communist who was about to win over there. Seattle has degraded. L.A. has degraded. Chicago has degraded. Says the Daily Wire, homeless advocates swarmed O'Farrell, this is Michael, Mitch O'Farrell in, in L.A., on Wednesday afternoon as Echo Park Lake officially reopened after two months of, ex- of undergoing extensive cleaning, repair, and renovation. The project cost more than a million bucks. Sanitation crews had reportedly removed syringes, guns, machetes, and according to O'Farrell's office, more than 700 pounds of biological waste. So things were going great in the park. Don't worry. It was making the city healthier and freer. Demonstrators, however, chanted shame on Mitch and called for his resignation. Staffers tried to shield O'Farrell as the activists shouted and followed him around the park before the councilman retreated to his office a block away. This is going to be your legacy, Mitch, one attendee loudly predicted. They accused O'Farrell of sending LAPD to the 29-acre park in March to sweep homeless people out of the area, resulting in officers clashing with protesters after police issued a dispersal order. O'Farrell claimed no one was forcibly removed by law enforcement. The protest group included activists representing People's City Council, LA, an alliance convened by Black Lives Matter, of course, because lawlessness is one of the chief goals of the Black Lives Matter movement. They truly believe that systems of power in the United States are so corrupt that lawlessness is required. Mitch thought he could show his face in public and not have to hear from from people, tweeted People's City Council LA. Well, Mitch O'Farrell and his staff got chased out of the park. This is is what it's going to be like, Mitch. Hashtag Mitch watch. Hashtag resign Mitch. Naturally, an organizer with People's City Council LA seeks to unseat O'Farrell when he is up for re-election in 2022. Activists pointed out signs displaying a litany of rules governing the park. Those rules are rules saying things like, if you leave your property in the park, it could be removed and impounded. And also, you're not allowed to shoot up in the park. But this is bad. You're not allowed to have cops in the park, according to these activists. Okay, This is what decades of democratic governance wreaks. And it gets worse and worse. And one of the reasons that we moved from L.A. is specifically because of these living conditions. If you're paying extraordinarily high taxes and receiving zero public services and you have to worry about your kids walking out the front door, yes, that is a reason to move. The neighborhood we moved from was a a fairly decent suburb in an Orthodox Jewish area. And as I've talked about, when you open the front gate on our property, there would be a home. This happened more than once. There'd be a homeless person beating the living hell out of his bike with a crowbar because the person was suffering from some sort of mental illness or a homeless person face down in the street with a needle in his arm. Yes, that happened. Or a homeless person sitting directly on the tree outside your property and just eating from a can. Like, how am I supposed to let my kids out the front gate? And it's gotten worse in the area where I used to live. How, how bad did it get? Well, there was, a, there was a public-private endeavor called NoHo West that was fairly close to where I used to live. NoHo West cost probably $100 million to build. It was a giant, giant new mall. It was going to be beautiful. The city of Los Angeles and the state of California decided to locate directly across the street the largest open-air homeless encampment in California. So they took a $100 million project, public-private project, that used taxpayer money, for the development, presumably. And then they proceeded to wreck it and make it very difficult for people to go there because there are literally hundreds of homeless people who are swarming around a park right there. Now, again, I have nothing but compassion for people who are suffering from mental illness. They require care. One of the great, one of the great disappointments of liberalism is that all the people they say need care, 
are many of the people they say need care are people who are fully capable of agency and making good decisions. And then a lot of the people they say don't need care are exactly the people who actually require the care. And they refuse to actually put in place rules that would help those people. Instead, they consider it compassionate to let them sleep under open air in sleeping bags provided by the city of L.A. directly across from a public private development, destroying the value of that enterprise. It's incredible. And by the way, it's not just L.A. It's happening in Austin as well. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you want to get healthy and stay healthy, you need to know more about how you make decisions. So here's the thing about getting healthy and staying healthy and exercising and eating right. And diets don't work because they are short term. And you think, okay, well, if I diet, I'll get to my target weight and then I can really let it go. Wrong. You actually have to change how you think. You have to change your, your habits. You have to change how your mind is oriented. This is where Noom comes in. Noom will give you the knowledge, tools, and confidence to make strategic choices that turn into long-term habits. Noom doesn't give you rules, but instead teaches you how to think so you can accomplish your personal health goals, stick with them long-term, and get healthy for good. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you make the choices you do and gives you the tools to replace your habits with healthier ones. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach means you're not just improving your health, you're gaining the knowledge and habits you need to stay healthy. My wife and I have been using Noom and it is working great for us. My parents are using Noom as well. Again, it's my, my wife loves it. She loves getting these sort of tips and the, the information that, that tells her how to change her thinking with regard to this stuff. It's worked for her. It's worked for me as well. There is a science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. N-O-O-M dot com slash Shapiro. Learn how to get healthy with Noom. Sign up for that trial today. Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Shapiro. Sign up today. N-O-O-M dot com slash Shapiro. Over 80% of Noomers finished the program. Over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least a year. They're changing their habits and changing their way of life. Go check them out right now. Noom dot com slash Shapiro. Okay, so in Austin, things have degraded. According to the Daily Wire, on Thursday, Austin, Texas council member Mackenzie Kelly appeared on Fox and Friends to speak of her fear that the homeless who are camping en masse around the city hall area, some of whom are protesting a proposition that prohibited public camping, pose a genuine threat to public safety. Kelly said, I was hoping to find out what this what their point of view was. One of the great things about living in the country, we have a diversity of thought. We can all learn from one another. But clearly, individuals specifically did not want to do that. Okay, so according to Kelly... She said, this is my main concern, not just for my safety, but for the safety of everyone who works around City Hall in and around downtown. Some of the residents told this person, quote, you have people who are assaulted, people who are robbed. You've had home invasions. It started with box cutters as weapons. Now, sadly, we joke that we're the machete capital of Texas. The city of Austin basically allows them to do whatever they want. Kelly says, I've been told by the city manager the free speech zone will not go away until August 8th. My problem with that is that this has happened before. During the Occupy movement 10 years ago, our city council ensured there was no oversight camping on the property. My biggest concern here is for safety. She said these people are armed with machetes. They have metal pipes. They have sticks, walkie-talkies. They're wearing bulletproof vests. They've not only harassed me, I've had city staff come into my office over the last several days thanking me for speaking out about it because they're experiencing the same thing. Roughly three weeks ago, the voters of Austin, again, a very progressive city in Texas, approved Proposition B, which prohibits public camping in an effort to combat the city's homeless problem. 57% of voters approved of the proposition, 42% opposed it. The Democratic mayor of Austin and city council, the, the city council is 10 Democrats and a single Republican. Okay, but the, the Travis County Republican chair, Matt McCoviak, said tonight is a clear message the city of Austin sent to city hall. We're not going to put up with the insane policies that make life worse. But things have gotten so bad in Austin that there are places that are seeking to de-annex from Austin and just allow the state of Texas to govern them directly. I mean, it's, it's truly incredible how these blue cities are starting to fall apart. In Chicago, okay, Chicago has now announced, their police department just announced that they're changing their policy with regard to foot pursuits. 
Okay, what is their new policy with regards to foot pursuits? You want to talk about allowing criminality to flourish? Their policy with regard to foot pursuits is that foot pursuits will only be allowed when there is, quote, probable cause for an arrest or it is believed an individual has committed, is committing, or is about to commit a crime. There will be no foot chases stemming from minor traffic offenses. So if somebody is speeding and they get out of their car and they run, the police are not allowed to chase them. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, because foot pursuits are one of the most dangerous actions police officers can engage in, we can't afford to wait any longer to put a policy in place that regulates them. The important parameters outlined in this policy will not only protect our officers, the public, and potential suspects during foot pursuits, it also serves as a step forward in our mission to modernize and reform our police department. The interim plan includes the following. Reminding officers to begin any interaction with tactics meant to reduce the possibility of a foot pursuit. Defining foot pursuits as appropriate only when there is probable cause for an arrest or it is believed an individual has committed, is committing, or is about to commit a crime. Prohibiting foot pursuits stemming from minor traffic offenses. Detailing tactics to avoid a a foot pursuit, including continual communication with the subject and encouraging officers to position themselves in such a way to reduce the opportunity for a foot chase. Outlining alternatives to foot pursuits that should always be considered by officers, including establishing a surveillance or containment area and or apprehending an identified suspect at another time or place. So otherwise, let, let the guy go. Let him run away. He committed a crime. But you know what? Is it really worth it? Basically, what this does is it creates liability for an officer deciding to pursue, but no liability for letting the guy go. That's the incentive structure that has now been created for Chicago cops. If you follow the guy, you're now going to have to justify to the police department why you engaged in a foot pursuit. But if you just let the criminal go and he goes and he shoots somebody, you can always say, well, you know what? I really didn't think a foot pursuit was appropriate. I wasn't sure he was going to go commit a crime. Okay, the benefit of the doubt used to be with the cops. Okay, and you may say there was too much benefit of the doubt to the cops. That's an argument. But the alternative, it seems, is benefit of the doubt to the criminals. Because once you tell cops they can just not do their jobs, And in fact, it is dangerous for them to do their jobs. They're not going to do their jobs. The new Chicago policy prohibits foot pursuits for criminal offenses less than a class A misdemeanor, unless the person poses an obvious threat to the community or any person. And discontinuing foot pursuits if someone is injured and requires immediate medical attention. If officers are unaware of their location and if the need to apprehend the suspect, the subject is not worth the risk to responding officers, the public or the subject. Okay, that's that's one that's just wild. Okay. So you're supposed to stop a foot pursuit if the need to apprehend the subject is not worth the risk to the officers or the public or the person you are pursuing. So in other words, if you're chasing down a person for, say, smoking pot in public, and let's say that's a class A misdemeanor in Chicago. I don't know what the actual classification is. And the person starts to run away. Okay, If you believe that you may have to tackle the person, or if you believe that the person, who knows, might be carrying a gun and they might turn around and you might have to shoot the person, then you're supposed to discontinue the foot pursuit. Termination of a foot pursuit. If officers engaged in the pursuit believe they would not be able to control the suspect if a confrontation were to occur. Well, if the, I mean, that's literally the suspect has a gun. I can't control the subject. Right? So I, I mean, this is madness. So the city of Chicago is now, by, by the way, supervisors are also made liable for this because now, Supervisors are allowed to instruct officers to discontinue a foot pursuit at any time. And anytime there's a foot pursuit, officers have to notify the Office of Emergency Management and Communications. All of this was done in the aftermath of the fatal police shooting of 13-year-old Adam Toledo, who who was holding a gun and was shooting at random cars passing by. So this is all designed to prevent the shooting of Adam Toledo, who was, in fact, engaging in deadly 
type criminal behavior. Shooting guns at passing cars is a deadly type criminal behavior. And the city of Chicago's solution is tell the cops to stop engaging in foot pursuits. How could anything like this? I mean, can you imagine why the cities are getting worse? How could they possibly be getting worse? How? Hey, well, play stupid games, win stupid prizes is the name of the game over in Atlanta, which is pursuing similar policies. According to the New York Post, an Atlanta mayoral candidate who voted to sequester $73 million from the city's police department budget reportedly had his car stolen by a group of young thieves this week and wound up thanking the cops for their help. City council member Antonio Brown had just gotten out of his white Mercedes coupe to speak to fellow community leader Ben Norman in Northwest Atlanta's Dixie Hills community Wednesday when he spotted four or five kids, the youngest only six or seven. The kids were walking around a store and within seconds, they jumped inside his car. One kid was in the driver's seat, Brown told the outlet. Ben attempted to open the door to get him out of the car. He fought with Ben. I then engaged and tried to get him out of the car. The three other kids were trying to figure out how to get in the car or stay out of the car. He started to hit on the gas and Ben let it go. As he started to speed up, and if I knew I had not let it go, I knew I could probably have killed myself because he was going so fast I would have started to tumble, he said, and I would have hurt him. Brown said he filed a report with the Atlanta PD. And now again, Brown voted to defund the police. What did Brown say? He said, it appears the kids acted out of desperation. He said, this is a generational poverty issue. These kids, it's 1230 in the afternoon. Why aren't they in school? Why aren't we enforcing systems to ensure that if they're not in school, they're in rec centers? Or again, you could just tell the cops never to enforce the law and the predictable results is they will steal your car. Okay, so play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Well, the good news is that Democrats are attempting to take a lot of this policy national. So Joe Biden has already determined that policing around the nation is going to now essentially be prosecuted by Kristen Clark, who's a wild anti-police activist. We're going to see consent degrees brought against most major police departments in the United States under the DOJ. You're going to see Joe Biden continue to trot out the lie that the police are systemically racist and that the crime problem in America's major cities is the result of either the presence of guns or the result of systemic American racism. Already, he had Jen Psaki out there promoting this nonsense. And then he's going to pursue an economic policy that completely disincentivizes work, that makes it more difficult for businesses to start, that inflates the currency and discourages savings. I mean, all of this is bad policy, right? And Joe Biden is pursuing it with alacrity. Like he, he wants $1.3 trillion in debt added to the national debt every single year for the next 10 years. But he promises that by 2031, when Joe Biden will be 88 years old if he is alive, then the debt will start to come down. And Joe Biden has been noticing, however, that the inflation rate was up wildly last month and that the employment statistics are not coming back as fast as he wanted them to. And so Joe Biden, Yesterday, he gave a speech in which he announced, well, you know, you can't reboot the economy without bumps in the road. Well, actually, you should be able to reboot this economy without bumps in the road, considering this is the greatest artificial, artificially induced economic coma in American history. And until you got there, Joe, things were starting to look up and we had booming growth in February. And then by March, the growth was already starting to downgrade. And by April, it was stagnating. Here is Joe Biden trying to pretend that him blowing money into the economy has actually been a boon rather than a, an albatross around the economy's neck. Now, as our economy recovers, there's going to be some bumps in the road. We know that. Of course, there will be. You can't reboot a global economy like flipping on a light switch. There's going to be ups and downs in jobs and economic reports. There's going to be supply chain issues, price distortions on the way back to a stable and steady growth. Okay, except for the fact that the entire point of you blowing $2 trillion into the economy like six weeks ago was supposed to be that it was going to even this thing out. That was supposedly the purpose. Instead, all you ended up doing was leading to higher prices because more people had more money chasing fewer products. 
And now Biden is saying he needs even more spending because why the hell not? I mean, seriously, why not? Joe Biden says his economic plan is working, but he urges additional, quote unquote, generational investments. All he cares about is getting his legacy before he's out. That's all the old man cares about. He says now is the time to build on the foundation we've laid to make bold investments in our families, in our communities, in our nation. But of course, he's not actually, his plan is not working. Right? And, he, and he continues to, to blow out these massive spending programs, meanwhile, pushing out regulations and higher taxes and, and bad social policy and bad policing policy. If you want to Los Angeles, you're America. This is the way to do it. Or New York, you're America. This is the way to do it. And the man guiding us through this is a man who's locked in a constant existential duel with the teleprompter. Our continuing series, Joe Biden versus the teleprompter, continued yesterday when Joe Biden announced that Alzheimer's patients are going to fill every hospital bed in America within a few years, which is um, big if true. Diseases like Alzheimer's, diabetes, cancers, they're all on the cusp of being able to be dealt with. You know, if we don't do something about Alzheimer's in America, every single solitary hospital bed that exists in America, as the nurses can tell you, every single one will be occupied in the next 15 years in an Alzheimer's patient. Every one. What in the, what, ha, hmm? Hey, first of all, you're not hospitalized just for having Alzheimer's. You're hospitalized with complications arising from Alzheimer's. But beyond that, is, is the case being made, really, that every single hospital, like, you won't be able to go to the hospital if you have a broken leg because there's an Alzheimer's patient in the bed? According to Joe, like, again, this incoherent old coot is blowing out the economy and nationalizing Bill de Blasio's policy in New York and Eric Garcetti's policy in Los Angeles and Lori Lightfoot's policy in Chicago. Meanwhile, reporters are just fawning over him. No serious questions for him. They're fawning over the fact that he eats ice cream. I love the fact that Joe Biden, an old man eating ice cream, this is considered like, wow, unbelievable. You've never seen anything like it. Here's Joe Biden eating ice I mean, the man can do virtually anything. He can both eat ice cream and also barely not fall down. It's incredible. Here is Joe Biden eating ice cream. And the oh my God, just the, 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 the unbelievable virality of the man. I mean, virility of the man, just unbelievable. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Look at Joe eating chocolate, chocolate chip. Destroying the economy and making the... Yeah. But he likes ice cream, guys. It's incredible. Bunch of children. Bunch of damn children. Meanwhile, Republicans are doing what they usually do, which is they are trying to counter Democrat spending with spending of their own, which is slightly less spending. So here's the thing about being a Republican, guys. If you guys would like to win in the future, you need to stop with this crap where you just become the Democratic Party light when it comes to spending. I understand that you think that Democrats, because they have an advantage with regard to bribing voters, that if you just half bribe voters, that that will work. But let me provide you an alternative theory. If this is a competition between who can spend more money to bribe people, Democrats will win that competition. So why exactly are you offering a $928 billion plan for quote-unquote actual infrastructure? A group of Republican senators have now counter-offered the Biden administration's $1.7 trillion infrastructure plan with a proposal that would spend around $928 billion instead, with much of the money already coming from expected spending levels. According to the Washington Post, the bulk of the money would be spent on roads, $500 billion. Let me just explain. We don't need $500 billion for the damned roads. According to The Atlantic, 85% of America's roads and bridges are in fine shape. The vast majority of America's roads and bridges aren't even under federal auspices. Another $214 billion would be set aside for public transportation. Great. Water infrastructure and passenger rail. Not a single dime should be spent on passenger rail. Okay, we don't need monorail from The Simpsons. We don't. P 
passenger rail. What is this, 1832? Passenger rail. About a quarter of the money, according to the Post, would be new spending. The rest would come from hundreds of billions in unspent stimulus money or pre-planned spending. During a Thursday press conference, Senator Shelley Moore Capito, the lead Republican in the infrastructure negotiation, said the $928 billion cost of the plan would be spent over eight years. Republicans say, well, this is actual infrastructure. You're right. It is actual infrastructure. Also, you don't need to be in a spending contest with the Democrats because I'll tell you how this is going to end up. Seriously, the way that this is going to end up is with Democrats passing a larger bill and then suggesting that they are more generous because this is the way it always works. I will show you proof. Joe Biden yesterday, he went out and during his speech at one point, he pointed out that the quote unquote American rescue plan for which zero Republicans voted is being touted by many Republicans in their own district. Now, to be fair to some of those Republicans, some of those Republicans added provisions to their bills, that, to that bill that brought home the bacon for their districts, knowing the bill would pass and voted against the bill because they didn't like the bill in its entirety. So they're sort of bragging about the fact that they got a provision that helped their district into the bill. But here's the reality. Joe Biden saying, you guys voted against this giant aid package and now you're bragging about the, the quote unquote aid package. It's kind of a telling political point. Shockingly, the president isn't entirely wrong here. Here he goes. Even my Republican friends in Congress not a single one of them voted for the rescue plan. I'm not going to embarrass any one of them, but I have here a list <laughs> of how back in their districts they're bragging about the rescue plan. They touted the, re the restaurant revitalization fund. They touted the fact that we're in a situation where they're dealing with touted grants to community health care centers touted. I mean, some people have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but the truth is that he's not completely wrong when it comes to the fact that Republicans can't have it both ways. You can't be the party of spending and then be like, OK, well, the other guys spend more. But also, like, I'm glad the spending is like that's not how any of this works. Here's what Demo here's what Republicans ought to be doing. Make the Democrats own the spending. Make them own the spending. See, Right now, the economy would be set to boom were it not for the intervention of the Biden administration. Now it'd be an excellent time for Republicans to, stay, to say, listen, you want to pass all the spending? It's on you. Really, go for it. Enjoy. It's all you. And put all the onus and the pressure on Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema to vote along with this stuff. Put all the pressure on Mark Kelly in Arizona to vote along with this stuff. Force a choice. For the voters, do you want to spend this much money or do you not want to spend this much money? But don't give Democrats the ability to come back and say, well, you know, Republicans opposed the spending, but they really didn't oppose the spending very much. This is why the death of the Tea Party movement was such a disaster for Republicans. And we ended up in this sort of populist miasma where we don't even have the argument anymore that spending is bad. The entire Tea Party was formulated around the notion that blowing out government spending was a bad idea. And then Republicans were like, yeah, but what if we, what if we just spent more money? It was idiotic at the time. It remains idiotic. Okay, honestly, and Democrats are ready to fall right into this binary trap. They are. Democrats are out there saying that, the, that Democrats should stop negotiating and ram it through. You know what? They're right. Do it. Own it. Make the Democrats own it. Let Elizabeth Warren own all the spending she wants to do. She wants to pursue modern monetary theory and blow out the inflation. Make all the quote unquote moderate Democrats in the Senate go along with that or choose to side against their own party. Put them, put their feet to the fire. Elizabeth Warren more power to her. Here she was on MSNBC yesterday. I don't see this just as Congress can't compromise. I see this as right now the Democrats are trying to get things passed that 
makes sense, like a January 6th investigation or some sensible gun safety protections, things that are wildly popular all across this nation. And the Republican response has simply been no. They've just crossed their arms and said, no, we're just not going to do that. It's hard to compromise with someone who's just saying no. It's not like there's some place you meet in the middle on that. Okay, fine. Do it. Seriously, do it. Bernie is saying the same thing. Let them be just what they want to be. Right? Bernie Sanders put out a piece at CNN. He says, what happens if Democrats go forward in a different direction? What happens if they spend week after week, month after month negotiating with Republicans who have little intention of addressing the serious crises facing the working families of this country? What happens? If, after the passage of the vitally important American Rescue Plan, the momentum stops and we accomplish little or nothing. The American people want action, not never-ending negotiations and and obstructionism, and they will not come out and vote for a party that does not deliver. Okay, force them to the choice, man. Do it. So here's the thing. The Democrats know that their record here is not going to bode well for them. And so they've decided to turn their attention elsewhere because they can't make this about their record. They really cannot, not in the cities, not nationally. We'll get to what they're turning to instead in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that you should be shopping for your auto parts online. You shouldn't go to an auto parts store. You don't want to do it. You don't want to stand in line. You get to the front, ask a bunch of questions. It takes you 30 minutes to hash out what part you need. And then they're like, oh yeah, we don't have that in the back. We're going to have to order it. Also, we're just going to upcharge you. Or you could just go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Their family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Again, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in that How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. you know, with the weather warming up and the summer coming, now's a great time to get that car in order. Rockauto.com can help you make it happen. Go to rockauto.com right now and check them out. Write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box when you check out with your brand new parts for your car. Alrighty, coming up, we'll get to more with regard to Democratic misdirection. First, I have a very important announcement. We are looking for a producer to join the Daily Wire. This could be your big shot. That's right. This is a senior level position at our Nashville HQ. You can apply on our website through dailywire.com slash careers. So if you have at least five years of experience in broadcast production, head on over to the website, apply at dailywire.com slash careers. Also, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, It's Clark Davis on Twitter, who understands the importance of proper homeschool curriculum. In the pic, Clark and his family are in their home classroom while proudly holding copies of my book, multiple examples of the world's greatest beverage vessel, and using the Crowder mug as the ashtray it was always meant to be. The caption reads that Davis Homeschool has been tuning into the Daily Wire for two years. Our older kids have been reading your last book, but our six-year-old couldn't get into it. However, he's read Knowles' book a dozen times. Scott, Dana, Clark, Ben, Kenzie, Bradley, and Ariel. Hashtag leftist tears Tumblr. Fantastic. Take note, future homeschool parents, this right here, that's how it's done. Thanks for the pick. Thanks for being a Daily Wire member. Also, now is a great time to become a Daily Wire member. Why? Well, if there's any time to enter to win a free trip to the Daily Wire studio to meet Candace Owens and see her live show, it is like today. Now, this is your final warning. It is your last chance. If you sign up now as a Daily Wire member with code VIP, You'll get 20% off your new membership and be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip for two to Daily Wire Studios to see Candace live. The deal ends on Memorial Day. 
Do not wait another minute. Not only will you be hanging out with Candace, you'll be getting an inside look at her studio and front row seats to watch her take down Leftist Live and in action on her talk show, Candace. You're not going to get another chance, so don't sleep on it. Enter now. Win two VIP tickets to a Candace VIP pass right now at dailywire.com slash subscribe using code VIP for 20% off. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. So meanwhile, the Biden administration not wanting to focus in on their policies. It's time for investigations, gang. We need investigations. This is why the left is so focused in on the January 6th commission idea. And now the reality is there are some questions that could be asked about January 6th. Seriously, like there was a a three-hour gap, apparently, between when the riots began in the Capitol and when the police actually arrived on scene, when the, when law enforcement arrived on scene to stop all that, what happened during that three-hour intervening period. We could find out why exactly Nancy Pelosi had not wanted more law enforcement on premises at the time. We could find out exactly how law enforcement officers behaved in the middle of this because there's tape that has emerged of some law enforcement officers basically kind of moving away Were they just trying to funnel people into a different space? Like, what was going on exactly? Okay, but what the Democrats want from this this January 6th commission, pretty obviously, is to make the 2022 election a referendum on Trump and to suggest that all Republicans are complicit in January 6th, which is why they're going to make it about the rhetoric. What led up to January 6th? What was the ideology in people's minds? Which, again, is a crackdown on ideology and a crackdown on how people think and how people speak. Not really an investigation into the systematic law enforcement failures that allowed people to breach the Capitol building. Okay, we, we didn't have. The 9-11 Commission was really not about the ideological roots of al-Qaeda. It wasn't. We knew what the ideolo- ideological roots of al-Qaeda were. The 9-11 Commission report was really about the systematic law enforcement failures. What exactly happened? But Democrats don't want to restrict this to what exactly happened on that day. They want it to be broader. And they want this thing to take beyond the boundaries of the year. They would like this to bleed into next year so they can continue talking about January 6th. And then they can say, listen, no matter how badly we've governed the country, the people on the other side, those guys are the real threats of the country. They're the ones who are truly scary. This is why Joe Biden continues to fulminate over January 6th. It was six months ago. Order was restored inside of a few hours and the vote went forward. The only person who was killed was one of the rioters, Ashley Babbitt. That's the only person who was murdered on scene. Well, murdered is strong who was killed on scene. Okay, the, the cops who died on, who died, there's no evidence at this point that they were killed on scene by the rioters. So is that, I mean, George Will suggested it was comparable to 9-11 in terms of how Americans should think about it. That, of course, is incredibly silly. 9-11 was a full-scale attack on the United States that ended with both World Trade Center towers collapsing, a, a full-scale plane attack on the Pentagon, and another plane being brought down in a field in Shanksville, uh, Shanksville Pennsylvania and over 3,000 Americans dead. This was a bunch of droogs running into a building and then running out of a building, many of them getting arrested and order being restored and all of the processes going on within like an hour. So not the same, but we're going to continue to focus in on January 6th because if your policies are failing, this is what you do. Here is Joe Biden pushing the January 6th stuff. I can't imagine anyone voting against the establishment of a commission on the greatest assault since the Civil War on on the Capitol. But anyway, hey guys, I for ice cream. Right. The greatest assault since the Civil War? Since the Civil War? Like, you know how many bombings there were like every day in the 70s? Many of them targeting government buildings. You remember last summer when $2 billion in property damage was done by rioters in major cities around the country? Remember that? And what, what in the world? Okay, but we know what in the world, and that is political misdirection. 
The media are fully invested in this. They are pointing out which Republicans are, are supporting the nine uh, the 1-6 the commission. Those would be Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Mitt Romney have also, have all said that they are supporting. That is not a shock, of course. Then there are about nine Republicans who are still considering. That, that would include Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Mike Crapo of Idaho, Jerry Moran of Kansas, Rob Portman of Ohio, Ben Sass of, of Nebraska, John Thune of South Dakota, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, and Roger Wicker of Mississippi. Joe Manchin said today he thinks there may be five or six Republicans who are in favor, but a lot of Republicans are not. When asked if he would break the filibuster, if he would vote to nuke the filibuster in order to get the 1-6 commission, Manchin was like, no, nah, I, I don't think that's appropriate. Would you be willing to break the filibuster in order to get this passed? The claim is I'm not ready to destroy our government. I'm not ready to destroy our government. No, I think that they will come together. You have to have faith. There's 10 good people. Okay, and if there aren't 10 good people, in his view, if there aren't enough Republicans, then guess what? Democrats will launch their partisan commission anyway. I mean, we all know where this commission is going, don't we? The whole point of this is to keep Trump front and center in the American public imagination. That, that is the entire goal here, because we kind of know what we were going to know, and the only stuff that we don't know could have been found out by Democrats during an impeachment inquiry, which they decided not to do, in favor of rushing that thing forward so they could get an impeachment on the books so Nancy Pelosi could claim she'd impeach Trump twice or something. As though she got extra points. Meanwhile, if you don't like that investigation, they've got other ones on the way. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. According to the New York Times, federal prosecutors in Brooklyn have been investigating whether several Ukrainian officials helped orchestrate a wide-ranging plan to meddle in the 2020 presidential election, including using Rudy Giuliani to spread their misleading claims about President Biden and tilt the election in Donald Trump's favor, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Uh, more, more investigations into Ukraine and Russia. Sounds great. The criminal investigation, which began during the final months of the Trump administration and has not been previously reported, underscores the federal government's increasingly aggressive approach toward rooting out foreign interference in American electoral politics. Much of that effort is focused on Russian intelligence, which has suspected ties to at least one of the Ukrainians now under investigation. Now, you'll recall that the entire Russia collusion investigation came to nothing after years of the media pumping it. Get ready for more of this. Now the suggestion is going to be that Russians operating inside Ukraine were trying to skew the 2020 election. Now, you'll recall that there was no investigation into Ukrainian efforts to skew the 2016 election. Why? Because the Ukrainians were on Hillary Clinton's side. This is from Politico, January 2017. Donald Trump wasn't the only presidential candidate whose campaign was boosted by officials of a former Soviet bloc country. Ukrainian officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. 
And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a political investigation found. A Ukrainian-American operative who was consulting for the DNC met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Paul Manafort in Russia, according to people with direct knowledge of the situation. Was there a federal investigation into that? No. No. So more investigations. By the way, there are certain investigations they are not happy about, the Democrats. Some of those investigations include, like, the only important investigation internationally right now, which is whether COVID was leaked from a Wuhan lab. That is important because we need to know when the Chinese government knew about COVID. If they knew about this thing in November, and then they waited until late January to announce that it was human-to-human transmission, not only are they responsible for the leak, they're responsible for the 3 million dead people across the world and the nearly 600,000 dead people in the United States. And yet, there's a certain lack of curiosity when it comes to our media and the lab leak theory and the Chinese cover-up. A complete lack of curiosity. For example... Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, who is an advisor to to Joe Biden and a former health policy advisor in the Obama administration, he was on MSNBC saying, who cares how it happened? Why does it matter? The answer is, if you want to stop this from happening in the future, maybe we should know how it happened. Also, you might want to punish the government that hid it for months. Here is Zeke Emanuel being an idiot. We need all the data and we need transparency. And we do need the Chinese to participate because, you know, the real issue is not how did this happen? The real issue is how do we protect ourselves from the next pandemic? Uh, and how do we have a kind of early warning system uh, for whether it's naturally occurring or a laboratory leak? We still need to protect right. ourselves so we don't have three, four, five, 10 million people die unnecessarily. Well, one of the ways that you protect yourself is by finding out whether Chinese labs were engaged in the sort of sloppiness that allows a deadly virus to leak from the lab. And then maybe you don't fund them. Right, then maybe you don't trust the Chinese when they tell you there's no human-to-human transmission. Taiwan didn't trust the Chinese. They had very few deaths. South Korea didn't trust the Chinese. Hong Kong didn't trust the Chinese government. The, the, the amazing lack of curiosity on the part of these public health experts, it's shocking, except for the fact that anything that doesn't abide by their agenda is just ignored by them, which is why we spent a year with social media shutting down any sort of speculation about the lab leak theory. Now and now only is Facebook deciding, oh, yeah, I guess you can talk about that publicly now. Pretty incredible stuff. All righty. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show first. You can't forget, end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and tune in. Also, Monday's Memorial Day, so the show is not going to be live. But there will be a tribute show for Memorial Day. You're going to want to give it a listen. In the meantime, have a great weekend. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. 
But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 